So guys, hey, hello. That's <clears throat> I did. You really had to do the voice. You couldn't just speak normally for ten seconds. That's that, dude. Oh, the button's red. Yeah, dude. Okay, <laughs> nice. I didn't even notice you did that. <laughs> Let's play another game of when did Blake hit record. What the hell? What did you think my voice would sound like? This is when you do this. You sound like a little southern man. Uh, sound pretty good. As opposed to a big southern man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you do this, you sound like a pretty big southern man. As long as I'm pretty, dude, that's all I care about. Sir. You're beautiful, and Connor's gorgeous, and not just that, uh, but I think that we have a pretty gorgeous guest today. I've actually named this person probably one of the most beautiful people uh, at Sweetwater. I think that the funny thing is he made it on that list when he had a mohawk that yeah. had. Um, like blondish hair mm -hmm. and he still made it on that list yep. with normal hair. Normal what hair. is up with that? I think we got a pretty beautiful episode for you guys today mm -hmm. because after all, this is life. Parker. I was in the middle of a drink. All right, we're doing it one more time because I also, <laughs> I failed the clap. I, I did the clap wrong. So this is life. Parker. Ah, that's terrible. Let's continue. <laughs> you do that. I remember there's been multiple times where I've had to cut it out where you're like, that sucked. Let's keep going. <laughs> it let the people know. The people need to hear that this is life. Marker. That's better. That Heck yeah. Good. Hey guys. Guess who we have today? I would say, uh, don't guess yet. I'm not done reading. Um, <laughs> I was going to say Bernie. We have a multi-instrumentalist and... Some person who's also in, the, in, the, in an indie band. Good job, Chewy Lucas. I really got to read these notes before I start. It doesn't help. I sent it to you like two seconds ago. I don't know. What you're and talking about. worded it really weird. I think you did a lot of pre-production, and I followed up, didn't I? Yep. Um, I did. Engineer, mixer, <laughs> producer, and mixer in immersive studio. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jason over here is an engineer. He mixes. He produces. And not just that, but he even mixes at Sweetwater Studios, which is an immersive audio experience. There's so much that he does. He's got familiarity with the Atmos technology, which is new-ish. It's at least it's becoming more widespread and mm -hmm. it sounds amazing. Dutch. It takes talent though to work with and to understand. This man that we have here is a talented and understanding man who clearly does not need any further introduction. He's an engineer at Sweetwater Studios. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing very good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing so much better. You're welcome. This is really man. cool. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I mean it. Like, I've had conversations about, like, dude, fucking Jason's a gorgeous man. Like, Thank you. I so. appreciate that. It's probably been most of what we've talked about regarding you in the last mm. wow. year of knowing you. I'll be like, That's hey, great. do you guys think that uh, Jason's good looking? I'm like, yeah, he's good looking, dude. I'm like, he's a fucking great looking dude. Here's a question. from though. the voice. Yeah. Should the voice I bring the Mohawk little... back? Absolutely. freaking I, I think no. it, I think you should, but, like, as um, almost like a callback. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Just yeah. for a bit. Like, don't yeah, remind everybody. Don't it's live true. in the past. Maybe I'll dye a different color this time. Or maybe make it even taller. Maybe do two. Yeah, <laughs> use hairspray so it's like Because then more if you dye a different color, you're embracing the past while living in the future. There you go. That's a great outlook on it. Yeah. You or should you do what Rachel has right now. Just the, yeah, the orange and the, the red orange <laughs> with the mohawk. That would have been cool yes. when we were working together too. Yeah. Yeah, that would You guys would look like Pokemon characters. <laughs> <laughs> the funny so that is a good connection to make um out loud to you guys, our audience, is if you remember Rachel Leonard, who was our third episode of the podcast that yes. went live. Something like that. Um 
she and Jason worked together for a long while. Yeah. Uh, you were interning, right? When yeah, she was she, there? Yeah. So I, I started as an intern when she was there as an assistant. And actually she trained me all the way up uh, when I was hired full time as an assistant. And then obviously threw on her time at Sweetwater was kind of mentor me. So what month was that? Oh, oh I started as an intern in June of 2020. Okay. So middle wow. of the pandemic. So interesting. we started in 2021. Oh shit! You were in before. Uh, not full time. Well, I was full time oh. June of 2021. Okay. And I was an intern before that in the summer and then in winter. You're still there. Before. So I was like on and off. You but I think I did start before you guys. Yeah. But if we're talking full time, you are employed. Like that is your job, not just an intern. Mm-hmm. Then technically, you started two months before we did. Right. Mm-hmm. So you were there. You've been there longer. Um. No, no matter what, you've been there longer. Sure. There's, there's no <laughs> denying that. Logic. Yeah. Guess what? You win. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll fold your whole. I've been there since this year, so you all beat me. Yeah. yeah. Which is that's a good true. Thing that's the Connor. nuts part. That's the crazy thing is. Me and Fernando have talked about Jason in the video team as if everybody has met you as many times as we have. Yeah, it's not. Connor here, who, you know, just to remind everybody, is a video editor where Fernando is a videographer, where I was a videographer, all of that. I don't know if I've even actually talked on the podcast how I don't work there anymore. Um, Well, that's another story for another day, but. Absolutely. (laughs) We we have somebody much more worth the attention than that. Oh, geez. Uh, Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, Connor actually doesn't has never met Jason before he walked into this house yeah. today, which is mind blowing since Fernando and I worked with him for over a year. Yeah, yeah. and there's been multiple times where we talk about you, and then they're like, "Jason who?" And I'm yeah. Like, yeah, what do you mean, Jason? We're like the hot one, idiot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, like, yeah, we forget that like not yeah. many people have met you, so we always have to say the one with Rachel because yeah, they right. always know yeah, who yeah, Rachel. Yeah, is. yeah, so yeah, absolutely. So you've been a very familiar brand to us on the team. You, um, even the people like Connor who have met you, have heard of you, have interacted with you. We've seen you work extremely hard. Yeah, you guys, you guys be like really busting it down. (laughs) We have one mode. It's it's either going or not. Like you guys are fucking, when when they tell you to grab something, you guys are running to grab and moving stuff. So you know what Rachel described to us. Yeah. You guys, you you guys work weekends most of the time. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I'm working this week. I'm happy about it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean like, you know, but when you really, when you just up in your love and especially in the studio, it's the weekends are expected. You know, I'm not looking to get, you know, working to work a certain amount of hours. It's kind of like, you know, I'm there when there's work to be done and it's, it's, it's an enjoyable thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, before we dive deeper into your career at Sweetwater, let's start with uh, our icebreaker. A little mm-hmm. icebreaker. Yeah. I did think of one. Yeah, okay. what, are we, what are we drinking though? Oh before yeah, we do before that. that uh, I, I There's our resident alcoholic talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just got a, a truly uh, watermelon lemonade, basic bitch over here. And uh, it was pretty good. Not gonna lie. <laughs> and then a, a, a water. Wait, well. is it done? It's done. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I they hydrate you, so I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's I, as well. I couldn't stop, so. Yeah. Mm. Connor, what do you have? I have Svedka Blue Raspberry with a pop, because I'm from the Midwest. A pop. 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 Yeah, no, pop. I say soda, I because say soda that's what I'm comfortable Can with. Can I try that? Uh, okay. COVID. Okay, or not. Gotcha. No, no, I just, you've never asked. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Raspberry Svedka and Mountain Dew sounds interesting. Is it, yeah. is it Mountain Dew? It's it's MTND, uh, my okay. favorite okay. band. <laughs> okay, that was good. Jeez, Louise, yeah. you don't have to be that hard. Not what that are you hard. drinking, Jason? Uh, I got some Ciroc and lemonade. That's a good one. The, the oh, berry yeah. Ciroc, lemonade. Yeah. Redberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. And then uh, I have the most simple drink out of everybody. I have Malibu rum, blue raspberry svedka That's with a- cotton candy soda. And uh, some Sprite in it too. That's not simple. It's three things. I That's lying. actually the most complex <laughs> drink actually, at the yeah. table. <laughs> I, I, 
I was lying. Attention more. I also have a dash of Mountain Dew because I thought it was Sprite, and then I watched the little yellow go with my blue drink and realized that that was wrong. Um, so that's what we're drinking. There you have it. Now we can finally get on to the icebreaker because I'm, we have a lot I want to cover mm-hmm. because your experience in the studio, especially considering how much experience you've gotten in this, like, sh- I, I don't want to say short amount of time, but because you've worked so many hours and so many days of the yeah. week mm-hmm. for so long, you know, that just compiles into more and more totally. experience. So yeah. I want to hear all about that. But let's start off, like Fernando said, with your confession with your of your confession. murder. Yeah. 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 Just a minute. Just a minute. Yeah. It, Somebody's got to next podcast. I'll yeah. talk, about, <laughs> talk about my murder story. There we go. Now, uh, I broke my leg in a really embarrassing way in high school. And it's more of a story oh, no. than, than a confession. Oh, I'm ready. Um, we're listening. So there's this like innocent thing that we did uh, during school periods in, in high school. It was called the language Olympics. Essentially what it was is it was different uh, language classes competing against each other in like these simple like backyard games. So there was like the Spanish club uh, with the like French club uh, and the German club or whatever would have like a, a game off or whatever and have like a, it was a bunch of backyard games like a hopscotch or like a, um, <laughs> bags. Yeah, uh, what, <laughs> hearing you hopscotch in German and then you <laughs> it actually had nothing to do with the languages at all. Those were just how the teams were yeah. established. It sounded just like like that's your hood, this my hood. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was like a sack race or something, and I was doing this like relay race where I had to like hop with a balloon. And then, uh, like, run back in line, and then the next person goes. Wait, how do you hop leg. with the balloon? Yeah, you put it between your oh, legs, okay, and then you just, you know, uh, jump. Sorry, you have to, like, not pop oh, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, just carry a balloon while jumping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're essentially that easy of games. But I don't know. I was taking it seriously. I'm kind of competitive. So, fair enough. Uh, I was rushing back, and I, like, did, like, a baseball slide. Don't play baseball. Uh, and totally <laughs> rolled my like, leg under itself. Oh, no. Um, wait, wait, wait. What team were you on? I was in the Spanish team. So, did you roll in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been cooler if I did. Uh, yeah. But really, no, no, it had, it had no, nothing no, how do you to say do. ouch in Spanish? Uh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely said ouch. Yeah, but uh, the worst part was I didn't realize I broke it until three days later. Oh. Um, I was just kind of oh like walking out. I was like, it must be a sprain. Like, there's no way I broke my leg in yeah. that. And then uh, went to like the, it wasn't the school doctor, but the school. Um, what do you call it? Kind of. Uh, athletic trainer. It was more like. Okay. And they were just like, yeah, just like, don't walk on it for a couple of days and it should go down. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do that. And then after like the third day, it was just like swollen, like a football size. Oh and my God. And then went and realized no. it was broken. No. So. No. What, uh, what's, what's cool if you want? Uh, Wild Lake Western. Is that here? High school. No, that was in uh, Metro Detroit. Oh yeah. We, yeah, we just, we just Wait, do we, we didn't on mic. On, on, oh, I've on been recording record. for a while. <laughs> oh, well then. Uh, we'll, we'll see I if forgot. I put it in. Yeah. <laughs> What if I cut right now to the conversation before the intro? Don't about listen to anything Detroit? Blake is saying. Like that's gonna that's gonna Jason happen. Jason Detroit Pete's. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> your middle name is actually where you came from. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Detroit before Jason was actually just known <laughs> as Washington. They actually named Detroit uh-huh. after him. Uh, there we go. They cannot, did? cannot confirm that. <laughs> can't, cannot. It was after he rolled his ankle. I won't deny it. I won't deny it, but I can't confirm it. So wait, was it the upper or the lower part of your leg that was? It, like, it was like closer to my ankle, okay. like above my okay. ankle, because like my foot rolled under itself How, in okay. kind of a weird way. Damn. Yeah, it cracked really loud, and I didn't think anything of it. I should have been like, "Oh, that's probably a bone." But so I was you, like, uh. so you broke a bone 
hopping with a balloon. Yep. In something called the language Olympics that had nothing to do with language. In Spanish. In high school. I know, I'm, still, I'm still laughing because I can just imagine if somebody was filmed, if that was like on a TV show and if subtitles were on, when you fell over, I just imagine the little subtitle asterisk. Balls in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it so much cooler. That's why. That's, good That's funny. You're competitive. I, like I think competitiveness, the people who get the most competitive, I think it's pretty easy to directly connect that to ambition and passion and, and desire for goals, orientedness. Cause this, you, you want something. It's usually victory if we're talking about competitiveness, <clears throat> but it's easy to connect those two things. Where, uh, I mean, is, is the balloon race where your whole love for, for music came in? I'm sure that's directly Yo, can connected. Can you imagine that? Yeah, dude no. breaks. Yeah. The cadence yeah, of yeah, his compound like, fracture <laughs> is just amazing. Like, Fuck, I want to like, work at yeah, Clarity. <laughs> My bone cracked on beat. <laughs> and so did the drum. <laughs> so uh, where did your pat? I want to hear about the beginnings and, and your passion. Where did that oh. come from? My passion for music was as soon as I heard it, I think before I was even playing music, I was obsessed with it and listening to it. And I always knew at a young age, like I, I personally, I feel through music. Um, so everything through my day to day life, I can connect a feeling to a song or anything like that. Like I'm sure a lot of people can. Um, and when listening to music, it normally connects to feelings as well. So that was something I learned at a young age before I even started playing music, um, with like a Walkman and some Beatles CDs and stuff in my room. Uh, then I started taking, <gasps> he's, he, what's his name? Chris Pratt's character, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's, um, <laughs> oh, oh, with his, oh, with his Walkman. Yeah. 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 Mm. If an alien spaceship comes down and abducts you during the podcast, I'm just going to say I'm right. That's all. <laughs> After he died. Uh, favorite yeah, Beatles right, album, right. by the way. Oh God. It changes all the time. I think you can't beat Abbey road. <laughs> um, I think it's one of the greatest albums of all time. Heck yeah. Um, it sounds like it was, that's from revolver. My God. Um, it sounds like it was produced today. It sounds like it was engineered and mixed today. Like I think that's the one album that the Beatles listeners, when they started when they were teenagers, like a lot of teenagers think that either like revolver or Sergeant Pepper's the best one. But I think when you get older, Abbey Road becomes the best one to you because mm -hmm. you notice how mature it sounds oh, yeah. as you as you get older. Oh, and the biggest thing, like as I grew as a songwriter, that became my favorite album. It was like the, the songs to me are it's not necessarily a complexity like Sgt. Pepper's, where there's a huge arrangement and it's all this crazy orchestral stuff, but just the the songwriting, even the most basic sense, is just fantastic. Like mm -hmm. I don't know, it's it's unbeatable to me. Oh darling. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the funny thing is you didn't peek there and you have every time you've laughed. I I'm, don't know how. I'm not gonna lie, I looked around like what the fuck was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is I thought it was me again. <laughs> I thought it was you too. I looked right at me. <laughs> we all looked at me when Connor started singing. <laughs> so okay. um, so early yeah, days. Yeah, so my I remember my grandpa bought me a cheap Yamaha like keyboard. Uh, I still have it by the way, but that was Dang. the first, that was the first thing I got into. And that was probably, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade. I was in elementary school. Um, so I started playing that. Uh, and then my parents were like, Oh, let's make, make him take lessons. We're not make me take lessons, but have let's me take force lessons him to take lessons against mm -hmm. as well. Sure. It, it wasn't really like do. that, but parents yeah, love to it do was that. like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you will learn this. Yeah. <laughs> you will become good at music. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I didn't necessarily like the lessons a whole lot, but it definitely taught me a ton about music and being disciplined with it and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, didn't happen. Didn't take him for too long. Picked up the guitar in high school, um, and started writing songs when I got my guitar. So the piano stuff is more like 
learning covers or just kind of like hearing notes. And then uh, once I got the guitar, I started writing songs for the first time. I guess you could say the keys unlocked your love for music. Where'd that drummer come from? Right there. He's ready for it. Oh, go ahead. I wouldn't want to beat that joke to death, though. There you go. He had to get one. Hey, nice. Max is here. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Max. (laughs) Thank you, Max. (laughs) Oh, to clarify, since nobody who's listening to this, except for people who know Max, will know Max. um, Max is one of our coworkers who is actually in Jason's band or Mm -hmm. their band. They have a band together. Yes. Also, my roommate currently. I uh, convinced him to move down here, which was cool. Yeah, oh, and wow. so he was actually um, a coworker of me and Connor and Fernando's. Uh, currently, still Connor and Fernando's. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we know Max, the drummer. Yeah. Oh, also a multi instrumentalist as well. Yeah. I met him in college, which we can get to a, a later on in the story. But yeah. I was going to say we're probably going to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> definitely so integral part school, of this journey. You were writing music. Yeah, guitar, yeah. Just kind of writing. Child prodigy. Uh, I not, not really. I mean, I, I didn't really even play these songs for people either. I was heavily involved in sports in high school and kind of had two sides to my life in that sense. And the language games. Yeah. And of course the language <laughs> games and then, you know, my broken leg, all that. But yeah, I wasn't really into showing off that side of myself yet. Um, so with the writing songs became like an interest in recording those songs. Uh, and I had an iPad with GarageBand uh, and some Beats headphones, which I'm sure a lot of people in our generation, that's the first thing they recorded on, which I think is really cool. Um <laughs> So I started recording on that just with the Beats microphone with a acoustic guitar um, and, you know, dabble in quote unquote mixing, I guess. But <laughs> I would put these songs out on SoundCloud and let my friends listen to them and be like, oh, man, then, you let know, then, your friends or make your friends. Well, no, no. I, well, I asked my friends if they wanted to. Hear <laughs> Sometimes it was making them the friends that yeah. liked it. You, know? you, should, you, should, you should have seen Max in the Halloween party. He was making everybody listen. Really? He literally <laughs> put it on my... He managed... I remember a drunk Max... Name one of your songs. I can't remember. Meat Mouth. Meat Mouth. I remember Max during the party. Drunk Max, by the way. Yeah. He, there was loud. There was music playing. And he would just be like, Echo! Play Meat Mouth! Yeah, that's good. That it's a great way to get spins. I mean, he's doing, he's doing I, it. Was so loud. We were all talking. I think he was the only one listening. To it, but yeah. we were grateful to have it there. It's good background music, man. It's music for anything. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I, my friends would hear it and they'd be like, "I want to record some music." So then I would go over to my friend's house and actually record them with my iPad and my Beats headphones. So that was kind of my first step into like recording other people and having a love for that too. Um, and then my buddy Reese, who is Currently, my roommate been my friend since we were young kids. Also, in Chewy Lucas, we started playing together in like an acoustic duo, um, and we wrote a bunch of songs. A yeah, a kuo. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> we wrote, we wrote a bunch me. of songs, and uh, <laughs> we had one performance, and that was about it for that band. When I met Max, and then everything changed. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I met Max Great in college. <laughs> We were in a... Thanks for helping me, guys. <laughs> I thought you were going to press a fucking button again. I, I had like, nothing to click. Jason was drinking his drink, so I was like, oh, I'll have, I'll help us work and do a little fun segue. I, I said my sentence. I looked at both the other guys. They said nothing. I like well, the, like, a, yeah. I just wanted, I wanted the audience to hear his meat mouth. That's all. <laughs> you should make one of the buttons just play meat mouth. 
Or just say me now. Do you remember Chan Fuse? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's him. <laughs> That's yeah. really cool. That, I have that on the button. <laughs> One of the first <laughs> things we made sick. it on there. <laughs> that is actually the first thing I made on there. <laughs> was he on the podcast? No. No. Okay. No, we just... Um, That'd be hilarious. Oh, Chan, get on here. Chan, <laughs> I know we make fun of you every time I hit the button. I don't make fun of you. I, I enjoy... Laughing at what you say. <laughs> <laughs> That's not making fun of at all. I only laugh at you. I don't make fun of you. He's a great dude, but his uh huh is like iconic. To me. Uh-huh. We go. we did sing it a lot. Not even the whole song. Just when we heard it, we mm-hmm. thought it was funny enough. Um, and again, I now don't work at Seawater, so I can say whatever I want, but you yeah. guys can't, so that's fine. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but it is pretty funny to listen to. Anyway, moving back on, you met Max. Yeah, uh, in college. Uh, we were both in different fraternities, and then our fraternities merged. Uh, and I knew he had played music of some sort. I heard from somebody, and he heard the same about me, so then we connected right away, and we're just talking about music, and he's like, I got this record I made, um, and would, like, would you like to hear it? And of course, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. So we listened to this record. He made it all on his phone on GarageBand, nice. which is super wow. cool, kind of a tie He's back. a natural Steve Lacey. Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I was crazy when I found out that Steve Lacey made his records right? that way. It's right? mind-blowing. But so it's so fucking cool. He's He does, um, if I, correct me, is he the dude that's like fucking telling his audience to shut the fuck up or no? Uh, and maybe I'm confusing him with somebody I, else. I'm not sure. You know right? that song, Bad yeah. Habit? Yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. is him, oh, I swear. Oh, Ed Sheeran? No. <laughs> No, the no, guy that makes loops no. on stage. No, it's not. No, no, no but you like Steve Lacey, like if something bad is bound to happen. I know, I know the song okay. "Bad Habits," I mean, and I think I just saw recently, like an Instagram post about the phone that he created this stuff on. Bad habits got me late. Yeah. Nights drinking all alone. That I know that that's the guy, but I swear I don't know if it's him or someone else. There's an artist out there that's like his audience is trying to speak in the middle of like his stuff, and he's like, "Hey, shut the fuck up." And it like, could be him. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Context: You're gonna notice that um, Connor's music knowledge is significantly deeper than me and Fernando's. I'm like, the reason why this entire thing, Fernando's hand is slowly getting lower in the scale. The reason why this even came up is because while Connor's asking you this question or talking to you about Steve Lacey, whatever his name is, um, I look at Fernando and just shrug. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to take a shot at it. Isn't it the guy who says F you to his audience? And now we're uh, caught up. Anyways. Just read Wikipedia. Yeah. That's incredible. He's nominated for a bunch of Grammys this year and stuff too. He's a, a serious deal, but makes his music on a on an iPhone on GarageBand, which is uh, a big middle finger to everybody else, I think, which is really cool. Yeah, this is a guy, so you have a face. To yeah. Look. Oh, thanks for showing me a picture of somebody I still don't recognize. Well, now you do. Okay, shut the fuck up. All my Instagram, so you can keep up with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do I not follow your Instagram? <laughs> no, no, no. It was Steve Lacey on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> I was like, would you post about Steve Lacey? Yeah. Well, I should. I should now. So did it only take one meeting with you and Max to realize that you guys had a connection Thank there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was right away. I mean, I heard he played me his record. I really liked the style of music. And then obviously we were friends through all that. And then he, he needed someone to master it. I'm like, well, I can master records like we master it. So then um, took it to the studio I was working at at that time in college, um, mastered his record. I think it's like 12 songs, 13 songs, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and then he released it. And then we were like, well, he's kind of doesn't have a project now. I was in the middle of the acoustic duo that I had the Aku duo. How'd you, what you call it? Akuo. Akuo. The Akuo I Thank had. Thank you for with, calling back to that. Reese. I yeah. thought we were all going to talk about it. Oh, no, I, I'm that. That's going to be it. Uh, so I had this Akuo with uh, my friend Reese. <laughs> and I was like, well, why don't we like 
have a jam session or something. So before Reese was able to come, he went to school in Michigan state at the time we were at central Michigan. So you, for those that don't know, it's about an hour apart, um, both in mid Michigan. Um, so Reese was in Michigan state. We were at central. Uh, so Max and I just had a jam day or whatever. We ended up recording a song, um, which is kind of in our nature instead of just kind of playing together. We we're just like, let's just track something. So <laughs> from scratch, we wrote and recorded a song that night. And then from there it was kind of like, we just kind of loved doing that. So we continue to, um, and then eventually Reese came along, we did the same thing. And then we had a couple songs we had recorded and that's kind of how things got rolling with Chewy Lucas. I so guess. was it the three of you? Yeah. It's just the three of us. So then still. it became in a, a trio. <laughs> a trio. Well, we were no longer acoustic at that point. So <laughs> yeah, there so was just a trio. <laughs> do you, um, for, for Chewy Lucas, do you mix and master everything that you guys do? Yeah. So was it at that point when you guys like formed together, that's when you realized that you loved mastering for other bands rather than just yourself? Well, okay. So, uh, this is more music route, but, uh, career route side note. Uh, when I started in college, I started working in a student run record label called more media records. Um, <gasps> you were pitch perfect. Uh, besides the, all the, uh, no acapella. Besides but, all the acapella. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool to know, acapella. like to, uh, to mix for an acapella group. That'd be really that cool. That could be yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 Okay. I would do it. If there's any, uh, acapella groups out there needing an engineer, let me know. How about we do an acapella performance where I'm every voice? Um, I, I can't sing. No, 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 no. We got Dirk. We'll get Dirk in here. So we need on. to trick Dirk into making noises that yeah. we then can. Use Have you sentence. ever, it's a super far side note, ever heard Derek, uh, sing? No, right? I had no idea he sang at all. He actually has now. like tracks that he's made. Like yeah, he's made really? music. Yeah. But the thing is this guy, like, I don't know how much you know about him, but he's very like, uh, like off the grid, you know, uh -huh. yeah, and yeah. does not like pictures taken of him. Does not like being in Derek any form of media. Derek once told me that Amish people, uh, the way that everybody should live. Yeah. Like straight up. <laughs> That's a good perspective. Yeah. He has that. zero social media. Still would prefer to pay his bills via cash. And then Whoa. I even, then yeah. I remember like even cash saying, envelope, like yeah, yeah. in the yeah. mail. Yeah. He's that Whoa. way. Yeah. We describe him like he's a cartoon character. Damn I near. did even yeah. ask Derek at one point. I'm like, so why don't you, we have an Amish uh, town nearby. Yeah. Why, oh, don't <laughs> Why don't you just be Amish? Why don't you just And he's like, oh, dude, music it's showers. <laughs> what? But I'm not sure Amish people shower, man. But he, me and him, we were. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. they, mm, they, I'm mm, just shrugging. I don't know. <laughs> they still smell. Let's just. Oh, I think they do, but they just shower off like physical dirt okay. versus like soap. And I only know that because I used to work with Amish, and they did not smell the best. Jeez, um, this podcast, we're, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to make it. Yeah. If you want to do an acapella thing, like Derek, oh, me, that's what we're still on. Yeah, yeah. me and Derek, and, and I mean, Blake, you were there. We would randomly just start singing and humming and like just fucking making random notes. Like when Cade, our intern was still around, mm -hmm. like we would like serenade him and start like, he would, he'll start playing the guitar and then I'll start like singing something and then like he'll jump in and we'll all like harmonize together. <laughs> so if you're ever like, I feel like it's damn near privilege. If you're ever lucky enough, you'll catch uh, Derek singing. I, I will keep an ear out for that for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Shall we be in the studio? I do need to point out, you know, at least 22 ish minutes in this podcast, this one will be about, um, audio production par particularly. Yeah. We'll still have our video production spin and our connections to that, how we do, but Jason's field is audio production. Just in case, uh, I feel like I should clarify because we if do. If you haven't have picked it up by now, what the fuck are you listening to? Yeah. Period. I, I did. I have worked this podcast into being just about production in general, yeah. but I still think it's good to clarify in case people, um, so that people know what they're listening to and, and totally. what, what's going to come up. 
Speaking yeah. of that, so uh, professionally, I would really like to hear where you went from that music house you worked at in college and how that got you to where you are today at Sweetwater. I want to hear that path. Oh, okay. Well, to start a little bit further back than that, mm-hmm. uh, my love for production before starting on just the iPad um, was in high school in like a television class. Oh. Um, so I was took a television class. I was like a, an anchor on the school news. Um, wow. I did like a bunch Anchor of Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like read it every morning. It was, it was cool. Janker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like to say Janker. Janker. <laughs> uh, did video production with that. So I was, uh, filming and editing videos for either the news or, um, we had like little, I don't even video contests, I guess you'd call them for like uh, district wide in our school. So I did those and stuff. And then that took me into looking for colleges. That's why I chose central Michigan for the broadcasting program. Um, so I wanted to be in television broadcasting um, and or video production. That's actually what Look why at I went that, to school. It connects back to video yeah. anyway. Yeah. So you have a little bit of history in video production. Yep. Then? Yeah, nice. a little bit. Yeah, nice. not a whole lot. I've kind of gotten away from it in the past five or six years now. But in, in high school and early college, I did a lot of that stuff. Um, but then when I got to Central, uh, I saw they had like a recording club. Um, it was it was like uh, t- told as or sold as a um, student run record label. Um, so essentially recording bands, um, hosting live events, um, managing artists, like anything that a label would do. Dang. Um, so I joined that club my freshman That's year experience. Of, of college. And then that was where I took the audio route right away. Um, so I started as like an intern, I guess you would call it there. Um, just kind of overseeing operations, just seeing like what goes on before I wanted to choose a specific route because the label had a lot of different parts. Um, you had management, you had production, you had artist relations, you had live events, all this stuff. So I ended up kind of nesting in the audio production realm of that label, um, where I learned a ton about production and kind of getting my footing into working with bands. So that's kind of where that kind of took a turn for me instead of doing it for myself and really doing it for other bands and people. What made that so attractive to you at the time? Like why that stuck out specifically? I, I wanted to learn how to record myself better. That's really uh, why I joined the club in the first place. Gotcha. I was like, oh, maybe I can like record myself or get some personal gain out of this with my music. Um, and then it ended up turning out that I would in the next four years work with more artists than I would work on my own music. Um, and that's kind of where it took a turn in the career. So path. it's become a little bit more charitable then. <laughs> Not so vainglorious. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I just, I, I spend more time working on other people's songs than my own. Um, but which I think, I think that, is cool. That kind of is how you need to do it to be able to create a foundation in that, in these kinds of careers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fernando is an example. He does his own YouTube videos. He does his own Instagram, TikTok videos, but he's doing videos for the people at Sweetwater every day right. to yeah, be able to allow him to do his It's gone hobby. as far as, and, and you wouldn't know about this, but like, thanks. Uh, and oh, cause you, know, cause you left us on St. Honor, <laughs> but like, uh, I think, I don't know if it was yesterday. I think, um, uh, one of our guys had me film with Daniel, our uh, synth guy, uh, all day. And it was wow. because they, Dalton's, I asked Dalton's like, why me? And he's like, oh, it's because you do shorts. It's because you do short form content. And this is what we're doing all day. So we shot 25 separate pieces of short form content. That's cool. Wow. Because of the things that I do selfishly. So to uh, <laughs> add an agreeance to your point and what you're chasing, I think it uh-huh. is important for people to selfishly chase things for their own benefit. Because, I mean, look, if I can turn around. And yeah. The same thing happened to me is I chased video for myself and I ended up just doing a lot more shit for right. everyone else. And only recently am I doing it for myself. Yeah. I figure what, what better way to support my hobby than doing my hobby full time financially, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. Um, well, there's other routes where you can do something which, else 
financially to support your hobby. Which takes a lot of work and effort and sacrifice and compromise Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And I think it also helps like identify if it truly is something you're passionate about versus something that you just are really good at doing, but not your passion. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But I feel like once you do it, all day you'll realize if you still want to do it yeah and then wake up the next morning and do Mm -hmm. it all over again yeah that whole thing but it hasn't become any thinner to you like it still has that that really 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 rewarding feeling to you still oh yeah and i unlock a new layer i think almost daily to where i it's even more rewarding for me um, Which, considering you work almost every day, yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it started off. I was, I went from interning there, kind of just like scoping it at, out. To, at where? At More Media Records. Okay. It was, uh, it's just a student-run record label. So I was still full-time college sure I'm student. Up the story. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pursuing a bachelor's degree um, while doing all this at the same time, um, and then I. Then I got kind of moved up to like an assistant role in the label, but in the studio side of it. Um, so I was, I was assisting. The production manager was his title. He's basically a head engineer at the studio, also a student. Engineer. Uh, a little bit older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Head engineer. Yeah. <laughs> engineer. Um, so that's the kind of guy that I like learned a lot from it at first. Um, I was always in the, of the understanding, like hang out around people that know more than you, um, that are honestly better than you. And then you'll kind of work your way up to that. So I just kind of hung around the dude all the time, even if he liked it or not. Um, so anytime he was in the studio working, I was right there next to him, asking him questions, bugging him, all this stuff until it got to the point where I was like, okay, I can do this now. I'm going to go find a bunch of bands. So then I started yeah. looking around campus and like finding bands and friends that I wanted to work with, bringing them in. And then I was able to work with them at the studio. And that kind of took the next three year chunk of my time from sophomore year to senior year of college, just hustling bands, working for them, making records, um, and you know, running sound for live events. Or we also did like a music television show uh, oh, called wow. um, Summit uh, Summit Sessions Live at Central Michigan University. You can find it on YouTube. Um, but I SSL? think I did, yeah, SSL. Um, I think I did 50 or so episodes, um, each with a band and a solo artist, um, about an hour long. Wow. Um, mixed off about 50 of those episodes. Audiences. Wow. Yeah. So that was the majority of my experience was That's doing nice. that. Which, um, that is something that I've told people before, that's been my advice to college students, especially is make as much content as you physically can. That's how you're going to get the experience. That's how you're going to make connections. That's how you're going to get better. If you're trying your hardest and learning, you will be better after every single one. Yeah. So make every single thing you can as much of it, as many videos, as much music, make as much as you can. Even if you fail. Oh yeah. Well, especially please fail. fail. Yeah. I mean, if you you look at those episodes from like season one to season five, I think I was, um, engineering for the progression of my audio was like insane to me, even looking back on it. So, I mean, that's something that's cool, especially with physical mediums that you release. Like you can see your own progress through those things. Yeah. Both with uh, video and yeah. And and anyone that creates physical mediums, you can always revert back to what that is. Anything creative that is, uh, tangible or watchable or listenable, any of that or edible, yeah, sure. And not literally not Feasible, edible. Yeah. Literally not edible because you can't come back to something edible sixteen years down the line. Legible what? music you can taste, color you can smell, ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it can be taken in your mouth. So we are three years in senior year. Um, yeah, sure. where are we going from here? Um, so. The summer between junior and senior year, um, I wanted to have an internship at a studio. Um, the summer before, I did an internship at a television station in Lansing. 
found out I really don't want to do television. So then I'm like, okay, I'm fully, because before that I was kind of in both yeah. boats. So I'm like, I could do this, could do that. Television's that, rough. Yeah. It, it was a rough experience to see the state of the station I was working in and the amount of funding. Especially and money a have. broadcast. Yeah. yeah. Broadcasting TV, uh, like news and stuff. Some sports can be a little better sometimes, sometimes, but right. like, News, uh, every person that I've met who has worked in that industry has told me to not work in that part of the it's industry. It's just, yeah, it's it's honestly the money that's involved in it. Like, you're working on, like, 30-year-old equipment. It's, like, it's kind of a dying thing. And they push you. Yeah, right, because they don't have a lot of work and uh, workers or all, and all that stuff. But so I found out I didn't want to do that. Um, so I wanted to work at a studio. Um, and I saw on an Instagram ad for a Sweetwater internship um, while I was just, like, hanging out in between classes. Applied for it. Through Instagram, you know, like takes you to the really? website page. Yep. Uh, and then just kind of waited. Uh, that's the only internship I applied for. Uh, got the internship <laughs> and then went there in the summer of 2020. Wow. Started that. Wow. So moved to Fort Wayne for three or four months or whatever that was. That's nuts. Yeah. So started interning at Sweetwater then. And so that's kind of when I transitioned into another, like, I would call it like another step in my journey, mm -hmm. I guess. From, Everything is a step. Yeah. And, and honestly, in some forms, it was kind of a step back in responsibilities. Um, I kind of was like, it was kind of like when I first started more meter records where I was kind of just like overseeing operations and yep. seeing how things go for about three or four mm -hmm. months. Um, so it kind of was like reverting back to that, but on the next level, yeah. like, mm -hmm. yeah, not, it, was it was necessary because you had to see how Sweetwater operates. Right. Right. The previous company. Exactly. Um, and like, I wasn't working with bands at that studio at that time. I was still doing, uh, work with bands back at school cause I was still a student there as well as doing Chewy Lucas records on my own time. So I was still doing that stuff, but not in the studio yet. I wasn't able to like record on my own. No. Mm -hmm. um, I was just interning for sessions. And, and most of that in the studio is just kind of being a fly on the wall. Um, you're just watching and, you know, speaking when you're spoken to kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> and, you know, you do that for it shit. It could be years that yeah. that's your role. So yeah. yeah, it didn't take you years though. No, obviously. No. Yeah. They, they, they saw the talent in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was a culmination of things that kind of took me, from interning to engineering in a, in a matter of a couple of years. Um, but it's definitely knowing my role, I think was an important part of that step. Um, and kind of earning each, um, step in the journey instead of kind of like pushing for it or anything like that, or expecting it to come to me yeah. kind of thing. Which no, I knowing your role, can you expand on that? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we go through a lot of interns that don't have studio etiquette. Um, and it's something to understand when you're in, in a creative space, um, with an artist that's making music, there is a studio etiquette to be had, mm -hmm. um, especially at different tiers of the job. So you, you have to know who's kind of in charge of what. Um, if you have a producer in the room, uh, they're going to be overseeing everything. They're the final say in a lot of things, um, kind of managing the artists, the engineering staff. Um, they're kind of paying for the time, essentially. Um, and then you have your engineer um, who normally has an assistant and a couple interns um, and then as well as the band and then their own hierarchy of kind of who answers to who are they're like a collective or all that kind of stuff. So understanding, you know, who's, who's there and what reasons they're there for is important as an intern. Um, and then, yeah, knowing your role, like, am I being helpful in this moment kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Um, and if there's n nothing to be helpful for you kind of in a lull, you should be thinking about, okay, what are people going to need next? Um, yeah. how can I be helpful in the next situation when that arises? So there's just less stress when things get thrown at you, I think, but that's actually exceptionally useful, practical advice. What are other things that you actively think about nowadays when you're doing like Connor's right? Like, what are you 
what are your, uh, your specific responsibilities that you do now? And what are things that are in your head while you're doing them? Yeah. I mean, my, my responsibilities have only grown since I started. So I've only been adding them on. None have left me at all. So <laughs> I started as an intern, got hired as an assistant, but I was also still like an intern. There were no other interns below me. Like, so as I've been going up in the ranks at the studio, no one's been hired below me. So I've accumulated all of the responsibilities up into where I'm at now, Dang. engineering my own sessions. So even in those sessions, I don't have an assistant or an intern. I just do it all myself, which is really interesting. And I, I think of it more as reps. Like I'm still just in this learning stage. I'm still just getting these yeah, reps smart. and getting used yeah. to smart. it and like all that stuff. So I don't necessarily need someone to help. It's always helpful and stuff. But if there's no one there, it's you know kind of on me to... To do it's all crazy that they haven't hired someone else either with uh, yeah. Rachel being gone. And then you guys oh, had yeah, Rachel's been bit. gone a while yeah. now. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And they still haven't replaced yeah. someone. Because you would think you would kind of move up to where Rachel was at. And then now someone else would move up to where you're at. Yeah. So. The studio has kind of been changing in, in uh, you know, the brand and kind of what our mission statement is and goals and stuff. So our team has definitely gotten smaller. Um, but with that, I've gotten a lot more responsibility and kind of been able to make the space more of my own. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. And I think it's, it's going great as it is, you know, awesome. the team just kind of something I, I've, something I've learned from jobs in general is that it seems like, especially in like a creative space, like Sweetwater, um, you don't have one hat that you wear, you mm -hmm. wear multiple. Oh yeah. That, that's just the case for anything. Yeah. Right. Um, part so of I'm, I'm assuming that with, when people think of like mixer, master engineer and everything, they're thinking that you're just the guy that like sits behind the console and you're like toggling all the switches and like turning stuff off and everything. Right. Um, but I'm sure it's way more than that. Yeah. What, what, so what exactly like on a day-to-day -day basis as an engineer, are you doing in the studio? Um, well, so essentially the way I like to think about it is we're taking a song from an idea to a full production that's ready to be released. Um, and that's kind of the way of thinking about it. The, the role is specifically as an engineer, I guess, by definition would be someone that's in charge of um, the audio that's going, going into the song, um, picking sounds, uh, making sure things sound good, making sure things fit right for the song. Um, you're also in charge of um, obviously that comes down to picking microphones, picking the right preamp, picking the right gear, all of this stuff, picking the right instrument, um, and kind of being in charge of the session. Um, what I, what I like to do is really take, um, bands through a full project essentially. So like, you know, for example, I just did a, another record with the Indigo Society. They're a local, uh, indie band, extremely talented. They have an EP out right now that we did a couple months back called Daisy Face. Check that out. It's really awesome. Uh, we just tracked two singles last week. So um, we would we sat down a couple weeks before, did pre-production, we listened to the demos um, that they had and kind of talked about what, okay, what's the vision of the final song? Like, it's not going to be the demo. We're not just going to take that and manipulate it into something. Let's think about what the final purpose of this song is. Um, also, what songs are you trying to have it compete with? Like, what um, other sounds are you interested in this sounding like? So mm -hmm. then that kind of dictates, okay, What's our arrangement for this? What instruments are we going to use? How are we going to play those instruments? Um, and then from there, once all that's established with the band, then I go back and think, okay, they're looking for this drum sound. Okay, here's the mics I'm going to pick for that drum sound. Here's the gear we're going to use. Um, and then it gets down to the day where we're tracking and, okay, let's get that drum sound. So mm -hmm. things might not work out like in your head. So we might have to, you know, pivot and change stuff up, but that's kind of then you're in the tracking stage of just like, let's capture these sounds. Let's capture a performance, which is more of the psycho um, psychological outlook on 
engineering is kind of like psychiatry. Yeah, <laughs> pump my words a little bit on that, but uh, <laughs> and yeah. of course we have to point it out. Yeah, having to work with artists in a creative space is is not a technical thing. Like Why? a lot of people think, well, because you're, you're working with another human that's trying to be creative. So all of my knowledge uh, about gear and, and audio and physics or whatever go out the window when you're trying to get someone to put out a convincing performance. Interesting. Um, so you almost have to think about it as like a, you know, working a person in a sense. Like, what do you say to a person after they just screwed up a vocal take and uh, they're in their head about something mm -hmm. and they're stressed and they think that people are watching? Like, how do you go about that? The first words you say to somebody after they do that. Do better. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and if they say sorry, say, don't be sorry. Be be better. Better. <laughs> Dang. So do you think that, um, you know, take a lot of like people who started out in band camp, for example, right? Um, the first example that comes to my mind is Carsey Headrest, if you mm -hmm. know that band. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, totally. Will Toledo, I know that he band. started out in his college dorm That's and in his band. parents' room, his, his parents' house. Um, and ever since then, he's just moved up from those really, really personal spaces to the studio and everything. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, do you think that making the engineering and mastering process and just recording in general, do you think that making it more personal adds to it? Or do you think it detracts from the whole process? No, it, it I think to create good music, it, it is a personal and intimate process. Interesting. Um, I think the more you strip away the humanity and the intimacy from a performance or a song, uh, the more stale or, or, or frail it gets. I mean, it's a really fragile thing, making art like that in an extremely technical space. You have to, we have to do a really good job of balancing uh, a, the environment. So making sure, you know, everyone always says vibe, like it's gotta have a vibe, but like, yeah, I mean, that's like, if you break it down to a technical level, no overhead lights, use lamp light, um, keep the floors rugged or carpeted. Um, don't have anything that's too bright in the room. Like things like that, um, can evoke certain emotions. You don't want to be in like this sterile space, like a doctor's office or anything, you know? <laughs> but that's something you can control physically, like in your studio, it's make the environment right. When someone walks in, make it a creative space. Um, the other thing would be like making sure you yourself and, and people say this is kind of cliche, like put out positive vibes, but like it, it's true, like establish a relationship with these people you're working with before you get in the studio. Don't mm -hmm. just have them show up and meet them the first day. Like, <laughs> you know, establish a relationship where you guys are comfortable with each other. And mm -hmm. you have to think about That's it like smart. this, like the people that you're working with are going to be in their most intimate and fragile state while recording this record. You want to make sure you establish some whatever relationship before that happens or else it's just going to be awkward and weird and they're not yeah. going to perform right and all that stuff. Is that harder to do with like more popular bands? I, I, I wouldn't really know. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't really worked with you okay. know, a ton of popular bands. Well, I, I, I don't know. What's crazy about that is I wish that we got that kind of time with the, the, the guests that we had in our shoots. We had a few, but not, not to that extent. I don't remember having any where it was like, we get to meet and interact before we're about to shoot. Yeah. Maybe like an hour or two when we're setting up, but not uh, like, yeah. let's, say let's actually, that is like a lease, but it wasn't like a full. And even then you weren't there for that day either. So yeah, that was, I think that was also, that's a, that was a performance that was already pre-planned. It wasn't like they were trying to pull out. I mean, I guess that's like music either yeah, way. Yeah. It was, I think that is slightly closer. That's closer. Closer, but not But I think bad. that none of our other shoots, none of the shoots that I directed at Sweetwater was there ever a situation where I got to meet the person or persons beforehand. Besides, like I said, an hour or two before, if we're setting up, yeah. if we're lucky, there's mm -hmm. oftentimes where they'd come in when we're supposed to start yeah. filming. And then right. I had to pull out a performance 
And, you know, music, I feel like is much more heartfelt than somebody talking about um, a guitar. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like in, in all aspects of production, it's such an over, it's such a missed uh, aspect of it is the, the human connection to yeah. doing things. Either way, though. Yeah, I would say it, it does have that that vulnerability. <laughs> right. I mean, when you're totally. getting that performance out, it's heartfelt. When you are speaking in front of a camera, that's your likeness. That's your that's your personality. Mm-hmm. That's you about to be shown off to the world, mm-hmm. regardless of the topic. Right. So I just, I, I wish that we, we got to have that. And it's something that I'm going to keep mine personally. Mm-hmm. When I do make more content is I, if I'm going to make content with people, I would love to be able to meet them first and to be able to feel have that, what? Feel them out. And feel them out. And yeah. have, like you said, have us be comfortable with each other mm-hmm. so that when we're actually making content, I can connect on yeah. a deeper level instead of just trying to direct. Yeah, uh, shake off all the awkward yeah. energy yeah, and all yeah. that shit I, early on. <laughs> I do have a question before we like go past this point. You? So, Fernando, you have a question? Yeah, I do. Being that you've worked with so many uh, different artists and bands... What do you, uh, are some of your favorites that you've worked with? Ooh. Um, well, I would, I already shouted out the Indigo Society, but that is a big one for me. Um, I do love all the music I've made with Chewy Lucas. Um, there's a band called Post Eden. They're one of our friends, um, from the Michigan area, um, made a couple of songs with them. 2021, I think it was back at college. Um, great band, great project with those guys. Um, uh, there's a band called the Mad Sun. They don't really play too much anymore. Uh, but I made a record with them back in college, which I really enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. That was a ton of fun. Um, and those are just to name a few projects. Uh, always on the lookout for more, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about at Sweetwater? Because uh, I know, you, I mean, there, we, we get quite a variety of, of artists that come through, mm-hmm. whether it be for video or for actual recording. Um, some more favorable than others. But, like, what are some standouts, um, Sweetwater-wise, that you've uh, had the pleasure of maybe working with or even just meeting? Um, you know, there, there's so many bands that come through and, and the thing is with my role, like I said earlier at Sweetwater with, you know, kind of accumulating, um, responsibility as I go through the bigger acts that come through, uh, I normally assist on those sessions. So I've just recently, um, been not, not necessarily granted, but been encouraged to work in the studio on my own projects. Um, so that's kind of the first step in this journey, I guess there. Um, that's awesome. but yeah, a lot of the things that, have happened while I've been there the past year and a half. I've been uh, assisting on it in a sense. So gotcha. Haven't really uh, excited for the future projects for yeah. sure, man. Yeah. yeah. Is there a dream act though that you would want to do? Oh, geez. Oh, there's a, there's a ton. <laughs> there's so many. Um, King gizzard. <laughs> oh, I mean, that would be huge. Uh, uh, you know, as, as the engineering and producing side of stuff, that band's untouchable for <laughs> anyone in our industry to even get on. They do everything by themselves. Stu does the majority of really? the production. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all homemade. And like they crank out fucking records and they're some of the best records. Like <laughs> I think they're, mo- they're the most prolific band in the history of music. I'll just say that till the day I die. I think, wow. but, um, yeah. King Gizzard and Liz wizard. If you haven't checked them out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be, that'd be cool. Obviously. Um, nice. there's a band out of Chicago called deeper. Um, super into them right now. I, I don't know what you would classify them as. Some people would say maybe post punk. Um, I would maybe call it post wave. Um, <laughs> but they're a really cool band. Um, be really cool. Kind of like talking heads then or like, no, no. Um, <sighs> you'll have to play some, it's, it's hard, it's hard to describe, but yeah, <laughs> sure, it's like, sure. a, they're, they're, they're in the indie vein. Um, definitely like a Who post, is it again? they're called deeper. 
Was Talking Heads the one that came this week? Or no? Or who what was that? The, so the the guitarist Jerry, yeah, Jerry he Harrison, came, yeah. he came to because uh, he was producing uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd's. I don't oh, know if we yeah. can say that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. We can yeah. say that's that. That's not yeah. out, isn't it? Is it? It's I don't know out. if it is. It's not uh, released. No. Uh, oh. We tracked. I think. Well, I don't even know how much. Well, if we Jason says about, that, we can talk about it. We can talk. But about yeah, we tracked for a couple weeks with Jerry Harrison and Eric Thorngren. Um, Eric was the engineer for Talking Heads, Eurythmics, did a lot of stuff at Sugar Hill wow. in the early days. Um, he's got a huge track record. Jerry, <clears throat> as well as playing guitar on the Talking Heads, which is a massive accolade, mm -hmm. has produced tons of records. Uh, he did uh, one of Live's biggest records back in the 90s. Um, Jason, what's your favorite deeper song? Uh, spray Paint. It's off a new record, Auto Pain. My goodness gracious. But these guys are highly, highly underrated. So I, I, I love their music so much. And our publisher is owned by Spotify. So we can, I'm pretty sure, play this <laughs> Find out this whole episode is in the trash. <laughs> I dare you to play Neil Young right now. <laughs> I actually listened to his record in Atmos today. The nice. Neil Young Harvest record came out in Spatial Audio. Oh, yeah. cool. This kind of sounds like Tame. Yeah, I say it has like, influences for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what, dude? Can, can I try something real quick? I've never done this. Uh, I've seen it in other places. Can you open, what do you use, Spotify, Apple mm -hmm. Music? Spotify. Uh, do you have a playlist? Yeah, I have a bunch. Okay. I actually curate playlists kind do of you? as a side thing. Um, are they searchable? Oh, uh, yeah. They're all public. Nice. Ooh. Did you follow, uh, I think it's just JPeet6? Uh, well, I don't, sadly, I don't use Spotify. Okay. I really should, though. You should get on I use Apple Music now. Yeah, so, so the reason I say this is pick a random playlist. Okay. Don't even look at it. Like, yep. just swipe and, like, pick one. Give us a peer into what you like to make your ears happy yeah. with. So yeah. Just tap on one. Yep. And then this is just playing randomly, or is it a list there of music? It's just a list of music, and they can also be shuffled. Swipe and just play. Or tell me what it is. What'd you hear? Just, uh, if you tell me, I can play it. On yeah, the, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, it ended up being what Forever by Night Tapes. Forever by Night Tapes. Night Tapes. tapes. We're I'm a huge indie rock guy, so there's a lot of night tapes. <laughs> this was Jason's uh, random pick. Uh, <laughs> the playlist is called Houseplant Radio. Oh, like now that. we're now we're a radio station. <laughs> I fuck with this. I like this. Yeah, great vocal. Major major synth inspired stuff. Yeah, kind of ambient, but the vocal melody is sick. A lot of compression on the drums, but it, it works. playlist it's called houseplant radio i made it uh last year i was i had a sunday where i was doing nothing in my apartment just like i had a bunch of houseplants and shit i was wearing like a sweater i was like <laughs> you know i need a playlist that like can help me feel these vibes like yeah. i just need like this like kind of bedroom indie like stuff and yeah. I, I found a couple on spotify it wasn't really what i was feeling so i was like i'm just gonna start one so that's yeah. kind of spurred it and then i've been adding to it ever like since that. but do you know um men i trust oh yeah oh, oh my god. god one oh of the best gosh. bedroom pop artists Love. that exists it is my like goal one of these days to do an album cover for them. That'd be so cool. Oh my gosh, I would yeah. love to. Yeah. I want to hear their music in immersive audio. No one's done that yet, but mm -hmm. yeah. That's I was nice. I was just curious. I've seen it in a that, that's really show, cool. So it's I was I was uh curious as to what this audio engineer listens to. And I, yeah. I, I actually like that. So I, I listen to question. tons of stuff. Yeah. I uh I love the Spotify algorithms, another boast for Spotify, but 
their personalized algorithms for, for music, like connection is so important to my music taste. Now it's like ingrained in me. Um, do you, have you ever considered, because I moved over to Apple music this year mm-hmm. from Spotify because of the Dolby Atmos that it's capable yeah. of. And because I've got the AirPod pros too, which yep. obviously don't compare it to the actual physical speakers that we have. That's what no, they, they do. I, I will stand do, by it. it. I've, I tested it back and forth before I decided to pay for Apple mm-hmm. music. I wanted to make sure it's worth it. Um, uh, and I back and forth tested quality the Apple music just sounded better, so, especially with Atmos. Apple music does mm. sound better regardless. Lossless audio quality is obviously better than what Spotify has to offer at this point. Um, and they pay their artists more too, which is another boast for Apple, but their personalized algorithms are horrible. Their mm-hmm. user interface to me is just not like as good as Spotify. not as good. The consumer experience I think is better on Spotify. I wish, um, which I think in the future they're, they're, going to unveil some sort of immersive audio pretty soon here. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they just announced their, I just their spent so much effort transferring <laughs> all my playlists Dude, to Apple Music. G- give it a couple of years and everything's going to be immersive audio. There's, oh my gosh. It, yeah, there's no stopping that train. So, And immersive audio is synonymous with like Dolby Atmos. Yep, Dolby Atmos, spatial audio, immersive. Just people who aren't listen, who don't yeah. know that kind of stuff. Yeah, all the same Spatial thing. audio, which is something that the AirPods are certainly capable of doing. Especially yeah, spatial the audio is how Apple's marketing their version of... Dolby Atmos. audio and Dolby yeah. Atmos, correct. which even when you listen on uh, Apple music and you have, I think it does it in general, it'll tell you, but um, yeah, I think it does it in general, even if you don't have headphones on, but if you have AirPod pros two in your ears, especially it'll tell you when you're listening to a song in Dolby Atmos and you hear a difference. Uh, you do hear a difference yeah. um, by far. It's also the first gen AirPod pros as well. So really? AirPod pros, AirPod max is first and second gen. Um, as well as a ton of other systems. Now there's sound bars that can do it. Um, all the beats, all the new beats headphones, um, are enabled with Atmos. Um, some cars are starting to get through it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's becoming a, cons- a consumable medium. I'd love a car that has it. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, just wait, man. It's going to be, it's going to be everywhere. It's, there was it's, a uh, chance that me and Fernando and were you with us, Connor, when we got to go into the theater and listen, yeah, you were with us. Um, yeah, we got to go oh into the Sweetwater <laughs> Performance Theater where they had, oh man, who was it? It Focal. was Focal. Most room oh my year. gosh, they have some headphones. Wow, oh, how much are they? Like 2100? They're, they've Pretty got some professional quality. Really headphones. professional. Yeah, and I plugged those in. Mitch Gallagher had them. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and they were just there. So I grabbed them. I plugged them into my interface. Oh, Those I <laughs> wanted to just, I wanted to steal them. Yeah. I, I can't afford them, but I wanted them because they sounded so good. I just looked up like 8D audio YouTube yeah. videos <laughs> trying to find something that would compare to the quality I of the like headphones. Those headphones made it obvious for, uh, I would say, uh, me in this group of people that aren't like, I don't know what he calls it. Audiophiles? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm not, I, I can't really do, tell the differences when it comes to mixing, which is why I personally can't probably ever do that. Or, Anyways, even as someone who doesn't know much, that was very clear. Like yeah, those yeah. headphones made it very, very clear. Like, yo, these are of a higher quality. So point being with that is that Focal, we've had experiences with of extraordinarily high quality audio and reliable, consistent, good stuff. Well, You're not nodding super confident. No, I, I oh, am. Okay. I, I am a huge fan of multiple speaker brands um, across. The <laughs> He's like, I can't be partial to Focal. <laughs> I just can't. But yeah, we, we have might- a lot of friends in the studios, um, including Focal. Um, I, I, I think it's, the, the quality of audio, as much as some people think it's like, oh, just like I, I want to hear the cleanest, most purest audio. It's like for, for a lot of people, the 
the the higher quality audio immerses you in the music more. And if we're talking stereo, even to spatial audio, the more you get immersed in the song, just the better that's going to feel, the more it's going to connect with you. Yeah. Um, I agree. And one, once you get a taste of that stuff, going back is like impossible. Yeah. And that's <laughs> one of the reasons why after hearing the Focal Room in the performance theater with so many speakers, we're talking level with your eyes. We're talking above at angles mm -hmm. down, like everywhere. After hearing that, and you can even see on a monitor in that performance where the sound is coming from and how it's being literally thrown between yeah. the speakers after seeing that it's and then noticing neat. that apple music had dolby amos with it after I, I just i had to try to pursue that little bit of higher quality audio everywhere i could when, I, when, yeah. we, were, when we were in there they played what's going on by marvin gay mm -hmm. Super and cool. The voices. I, I've, I've one, never, yeah. I didn't notice how many voices were on that track. Yeah. Like you always hear like in the background, like it's crowded. You're at, you're at a crowded party yeah, yeah. and like you're building the atmosphere of like being around your brothers and your the sisters and everything. Fear. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. And I remember like listening to that and I, I almost cried. Yeah. It's, was like, it's, it's insane. The, the way it can connect you with the music. Yeah. The Marvin, yeah. the Marvin Gaye track was one of the first ones I heard uh, in spatial audio. But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's definitely the next frontier of, of audio. I always, I always explain to people as the jump from mono to stereo. Um, this to me is a jump from stereo to a whole nother format. Mm. Um, getting away from you that, keep so. saying spatial audio. What mm -hmm. does that mean? So, so that Dolby Atmos immersive audio, spatial audio, that's all synonymous terms for this new way of enjoying music. Um, mm -hmm. Dolby Atmos has been in movies for like seven or eight years, almost a decade now. Um, you've probably heard it in a movie theater somewhere. Um, and just last November, Apple announced they were going to be streaming uh, Dolby Atmos spatial audio, um, as well as Tidal and Amazon Music, a couple others. Um, Apple being the most important with their AirPods having mm -hmm. spatial audio. Yeah. Um, so that's where everyone in the music industry went nuts for it. Started building <laughs> mix yeah. rooms, started having these conventions, sh showing it up at Sweetwater so people can listen to it, all that shit. Well, just because it got announced for music. Um, so essentially f what it is is you've always, you've had multi-channel audio for 20, 30 years or whatever, 5-1 quad, what all these things. Um, what Dolby Atmos is, is not multi-channel audio it's immersive audio so it's a whole different thing it's it's actually scalable so you mix for a 3d box essentially um we mix in a 914 pmc room for people out there uh that want to know um but essentially we're, we're mixing for a 3d space that can then be um manipulated to fit in let's say a movie theater that has hundreds of speakers or all the way down to a pair of airpods wow. um, and that space uh is withheld throughout those uh, changes. So, um, so it's a movie theater in your ears. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> and you, you can experience it the same way in AirPods all the way to a, a large format theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is really cool. But yeah, it's, it's a whole different thing. Uh, in the headphones, I almost think of it like it's zoomed out. Stereo is the way I like to explain it. You really have to experience it for yourself. Yeah. Um, go find a friend that has Apple Music and some new AirPods and just indulge in popular music. Mooch but, off them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanted to, I wanted to circle back to like a more of a basic question for mm -hmm. you, if you don't mind. Um, so what instruments do you play? Um, I, I mainly play guitar, uh, bass, some keys, uh, and I'm getting better at drums every day. I like to put it that way, but, uh, so I, I want to be drummer. What do you play? Um, what do you play in Chewy Lucas? Um, when we play out, I'm, I'm the bass player. I'm stuck with that role. Okay. So <laughs> I, I have a, I have a, um, I have a question for you. This is always something 
I wanted to ask like a, like a professional bassist. Um, and since you're an engineer and a, and a mixer and a master, um, I, I feel like I keep rotating between all those three. Are you, do you identify as an engineer? I'm yeah. sorry. I yeah. keep saying all those. Uh, I mean, I, all, all of them I think are in the same vein. I okay. mean, I, I do everything from produce, engineer, mix and master. Yeah. And he identifies and as a multi hat wearer. <laughs> <laughs> a multi-instrumentalist hat yeah. wearer. Yeah. And nice. Yeah, his, his bio said, <laughs> um, anyways, um, I feel like pertaining to that, the impression that I always got with the bass guitar is that a lot of people called it the invisible instrument <laughs> to me, um, which to some people that might be offensive to other people that might be funny, who knows. But, um, <laughs> so as like a, as an engineer and someone who plays the bass guitar and everything, could you clear up why the bass guitar is important when it comes to the listening experience. Because like some people, some people are like, oh man, the bass in that song is so cool. And then there's the other camp of people where they're like, what are you talking about? Like they, they, yeah. they don't notice it. They don't notice the gaps that it's filling. And so like, do you think the bass guitar is an important instrument? Oh, it's integral. It's integral in, in everything. And not even just bass guitar in general, but bass in music. Um, that'd be like 808s in hip hop or whatever. Be bass in music, melodic bass, not just a kick drum or anything like that is, is hypercritical to the success of a song. Um, and I would say now more than ever, um, low end in music has become such like, especially in popular music, like it's just grown exponentially, um, over the years. And it's, it's so important. And like, if you listen to modern pop production, it's essentially like drums, bass, and a vocal, like there's <laughs> not a whole lot there anymore. And, and that, that just proves itself how important the bass can be in music. Um, but yeah, I, for people that don't believe that I would say, try listening to music and focus on the bass for a bit and really think about what it's doing. Um, or if, if you know someone that has like multi-tracks for a session, have them just mute the bass and play the song back and just kind of get a feel for, for what's missing. And, and you're right. It does fill in a ton of space. Uh, it can drive the song in a certain way. Yeah. Um, it can make the drums feel different. It can make the guitar feel different. It can affect the vocal. Like huh. it's, it, it's a huge thing. And it's honestly, it's the only instrument that's it's holding that frequency range. You know, like in the mid range, you have a ton of instruments that are kind of competing for space and they kind of make up this greater sound, but the bass is kind of on its own down there. Um, and if it's fucked up, it's, it fucks up your whole song. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I have a great example of, uh, coincidentally, I was watching a video about, um, uh, if anyone's played Donkey, Donkey Kong Country, a lot Ooh. of their soundtrack is just, it's bass. Bass, bass is the lead and it's kind of what has made it. Is that I, the one where it's like, DK, Donkey Kong? I mean, Kong? that's six, Donkey Kong 64, oh, yeah. No. But like the Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, those two, and I guess, I don't know if it's because of, of, of the genre music, but that soundtrack, the soundtracks that have been created for the, the games have mm. stuck out and kind of separated themselves from like every other, I guess, soundtrack or music yeah. you would hear in, in gaming during that time. Right, right, so right. So it's a great example that I coincidentally like watched yesterday. Somebody was talking about the bass and this game yeah. is phenomenal. <laughs> Everything. It's so. hypercritical, man. Yeah. Do you, um, do you think that hip hop is the, is the main reason for that love for bass? since it's so centered around the low end? Um, I definitely think that the, the integration of hip hop in popular music has helped the love for bass, um, mm. for sure. Um, 
But I, I, I don't really, I can't, I, I don't know. I'm not really the one that could pinpoint the reason <laughs> of why we like like it more and more. In I need you to answer music theory. <laughs> oh, I, I can't do that. <laughs> well, I think it's just because, you know, we like to, we like to be visceral in the listening experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and when you, when you feel it all around you, that's not a washed out reference. I promise. Um, <laughs> um, uh, when you, when you feel it, like not just in your ears, but you, crank up the volume and you, you feel it in your veins, you feel it in your toes and your fingers and you can't help but want to inject that song into yourself. I feel like bass itself is a hard, hard yes to many people. Um, because you know, we, we can, we can put the blame on hip hop if we want to, because that is what it's centered around most of the Mm -hmm. time. But you know, it could just be subjective at the same time. Maybe we all just have the same subjective viewpoint these days because yeah. of how much love for, there is for it now. Or, you know, like with the progression, this could maybe a, a technical reason of why, but the progression of speaker quality getting better. Yeah. You get more low end in headphones now and your AirPods have a ton of low end. Like you're able to hear those things yeah. um, compared to like vinyl. It has like, you know, f- fucking nothing. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, to, to kind of wrap things up then, um, you know, the podcast is centered around, you know, advice for people to get into this industry when they don't know what to do, when they, they have the dream to do this, mm-hmm. but they don't really know what the conduit to that is. They don't know how to they, get to that dream. Right. Yeah. They, they really don't. Um, so to anybody who may have started out in videography or broadcasting, yeah. what may have you, and then found their way into the world of music and mastering and everything like that. Do you have any key points of advice that you would want to give them? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but something I say to myself every morning is showing up is the first part to any success. Um, and take that as, as little as you want to the smallest detail, but, uh, show up and, and do that work every day. Um, and eventually it, it's, it should pay off. Um, whether that be, you know, showing up to the job that you have to, to make yourself financially feasible to do audio work at home, whether it be just showing up to your studio to do your internship to, you know, be a fly on the wall and just watch or whether it be showing up to mix a record every day, just show up and be present in those situations. Um, and always be looking for something to learn from somebody, even if you're with, you know, even if you're someone that has a lot of knowledge in mixing and mastering and you're hanging out with someone who may be younger and an apprentice learning from you, figure out what you can learn from them as well. Um, cause there's just tons of stuff out there that you can get from other people, regardless of their like a standing in it. So and I want to point out too, that every single person we've had on this podcast in all the different specific job titles they've had and hats they've worn, every single person has said that they are not done learning. I oh just no. need to point that oh, out yeah, that yeah, that's yeah, been a common yeah. theme with everybody, music, video, audio, animation, anything. If you're done learning, someone killed you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're done learning, you're falling behind. Like yeah. Every second. That's what I, I literally say. Yeah. If you're not moving forward, if you're just stagnating, you're falling behind the people that are moving. Well, and if you're not open to, I mean, even in this industry, especially new technology, if you're not open to new technology, mm. you're falling behind. If you're not open to new techniques, if you're not open to what people are into, yeah. like, you know, the people that say like, they don't like hip hop or modern pop. It's like, well, your opinion really doesn't matter because it's popular and that's where the industry is going. <laughs> so you're either open to it or not. Like someone that says, that's I don't true. like Atmos or spatial audio. I think it sounds bad. Your opinion doesn't really matter. That's where the world's going. Like yeah, learn true. it and get ahead. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you kind of have to just be open to absolutely everything. Yeah. That kind of comes I your think way. That's valuable. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Thank you very much for coming on today. Yeah, this thank has you been, so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. This is great. Exceptionally kind of helpful and enlightening and picking your brain. I say this every time we get somebody from Sweet One on the podcast. I wish we had you on earlier. I wish we could have known that you two get mm. to still work with him yeah. uh, after knowing <laughs> this, but I wish that we had you on months and months ago so that I could continue to work with you knowing all these things yeah, and yeah. your your beginnings and your passion. But we we all look up to it and admire mm. it and appreciate it. It makes us You're, look at you different now. Yeah. Look at Jake yeah. and like, that guy got their nipple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really, no, but it really does. I mean, Jacob, for example, he is what, a fifth generation? Fifth generation. generation. Yeah. He's carrying on a legacy. Mm-hmm. So for us to learn these things about you and your beginning, I mean, especially already knowing that you have such a, uh, a high positivity, upbeat attitude. You're always smiling. Every single time yeah. I said hi to you, every single time you had the smile on your face and you'd just be like, what's up, man? It almost pisses me off like bro give me that stop smiling so much fuck yeah. uh, I also but, didn't realize how young you were either like how old are you I'm 23 okay yeah what uh, yeah. I oh thought you were I thought you were like maybe 25 or 26 or something. holy crap I turned 24 next month but yeah okay. oh Close. nice yeah, yeah. Capricorn mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it's a Connor on that very Capricorn you know <laughs> Thing. <laughs> we uh we we all are grateful we need to have you and Rachel on. on together. Yeah, I know that'd be really cool. Oh my That's god, I, I just thought of that. That yeah. would be chaos. Oh yeah, I've never <laughs> thought about that before. <laughs> yeah, Blake's an idiot. Good job. That would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> idiot. For some of my shoots, I'll be going to Colorado, so maybe I'll do. We'll do half the podcast there. Yeah, we'll the zoom action. Here. Yeah, um, yeah. you we'll can take Jason thing. in your briefcase. I'm, I'm down to go to Colorado. <laughs> I'm sure you'll fit. Yeah, I'll jump on yeah. the plane. Um, just in case anybody wants to know. So again, your band's name is Chewy Lucas. Yeah. Where can people find your, your you and your professional Instagrams? Uh, it's Jason Pete's uh, Instagram. Um, just that's it. J A S O N P E T S. And then your band's Instagram? Uh, Chewy Lucas, Chewy underscore Lucas. Um, yeah, and we're on all streaming platforms uh, as well as Instagram, YouTube, all those th- fun things. So please give them a listen. Once again, we got Fernando Pisano. That me. We got Connor Gates. Hi. That him. I'm Blake Pittman. That you. And this is Life Marker. I love nice. it when our guests <laughs> figure out to do it. Oh, yeah, you gotta do it. Yeah. I'm so happy. You gotta about do that. it. We got, we got to the point where we do it at work, man. Really? Work, yeah. Somebody will say something like, well, yeah, that's life. And then me and Blake are like, murder. And then just. <laughs> <laughs> <let's do it. laughs>